Hi everybody, you are listening to the Rope Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. This podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk, and we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to episode zero before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FetLife page, Rope Podcast, one word with no space. Fox is a rigger and Maya is a bottom, and we're rope partners who have been practicing together for a couple of years, and we're very excited to share our passion for rope with you. And we live in Thailand. Maya, today we have a question from one of our listeners, and not even any listener, but one of our special Patreon supporters. Ooh. Uh, that will be Happy Tortoise and his partner Dragon. And if you don't know what Patreon is, is the platform on which listeners can come to support the Rope Podcast mm. and make sure we keep bringing them nice new episodes all the time for a long time. That sounds very important, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, dear listeners, please consider uh, coming to Patreon and um, giving us your patronage because it really makes a big difference. But without further ado, let's listen to Happy Tortoise's message and see what their question is. Hello, fellow kinksters. This is Tortoise. And this is Dragon. We love your podcast. Since we are polyamorous and look forward to many three-way scenes, we have a couple questions. From the scenes you've seen and played in, what are some of your favorite three-person experiences? Fox, if you were to facilitate a scene that started with two riggers and one bunny and transition to two bunnies and one rigger, how would you structure it? Can't wait to hear your response. This is Tortoise. And this is Dragon. Signing, signing out, out with, with peace and love, love from beautiful, beautiful Colorado. Colorado. So Maya, what do you think of that question? I think it's a really interesting question, uh, Fox. And... Luckily, we have a little bit of experience in the area uh, that we might be able to share. Uh, that is true. I, I think we can safely say that we find uh, multiple players' scenes quite sexy. I think that we enjoy them somewhat, for sure, yes. And they're a lot of fun. <laughs> yep. And sometimes involve rope when we do them. Mm, definitely. Uh, of course, they are going to be more prevalent if you live in a bit of a bigger scene where there are parties where there are a lot of people looking uh, to play and so on i think we do all right i would say I would in our say tiny so. scene but yeah <laughs> well i mean i guess tiny is relative because we have listeners from all over the world and all kind of areas yeah true uh so that's quite nice um what types of multiple player scenes do we know of, Maya? So you could have two bunnies, one top. Oh, that's you my could... favorite. <laughs> I, I think I'm aware of that. I mean, two um, or more. Two or more, yeah, we can, we can talk about that. You could have two riggers, one bunny, um, um, which is also a possibility. And then, as per Happy Tortoise's idea, you can have... Um, uh, uh, someone who switches halfway through the scene, so a, a top that transitions to a bunny, um, or I guess a bunny that transitions to a top. So Definitely. there's quite a lot of possibilities, um, and maybe we can talk them through one at a time and maybe share some of our experiences. What All right, I'm okay. I'm okay to do that. Okay, so um, let's start with your favorite then, shall we? Because yeah. that's um, 
that's the one we probably got most to say about. So you're a rigger, and a number uh-huh. of sexy people of all descriptions have just approached you and asked to do a scene with you all at the same time. And your head's about to explode, <laughs> and your ego is fully in control. Uh, yeah, you've got tunnel vision, you've got all your uh, top energy flowing. Mm. Uh, so, of course, you're probably going to have an amazing time, but it is going to be a lot of work. I think it is, yeah. Having seen your energy after those scenes, although obviously that. The ego piece perhaps keeps keeps you going a bit longer, but your physical energy after those is pretty exhausting for you. So why is it a lot of work? What is it that you have to do in a scene with two bunnies and one top that you don't necessarily do as much of when it's just you, you and a partner? Well, Maya, I think a lot of rope is maintaining connection to your mm-hmm. partner. And thus, if you have several partners at the same time, you are going to spend a lot of time juggling your attention between them and trying to keep everyone in the scene and everyone connected. And while you're tying one person, you have to worry about what's happening to the other person. Mm. So, yeah, there's a lot of um, being aware of a lot of things at the same time. Obviously, all the background loops you have to check for safety of your bottom like yeah looking at their breathing looking at signs of distress well you have to do that for all the bottoms in the scene at the same time yeah so it sounds like planning might be quite important in this kind of scene definitely a lot of planning and being very on it during the execution as well yeah yeah uh it is fairly easy for the other bottom to be bored or to feel disconnected for from the scene when you're spending a long time untying the other person if you're not also if she is not being touched mm-hmm. and i'm mm-hmm. coming on to my first tip of this episode which is one thing i like to do is get some help from the bunnies in stimulating each other in some way so that when i'm tying one the other bunny is not left alone but is being touched and connected with and stimulated by the other bunny. Mm, mm. And maybe planning, um, I mean, it seems to me that the planning of how you tie, like which bit you tie when, much better to do a bit on what, like a chest harness on one and then a chest harness on the other, yes. then a hip and then a hip. Like if you do one person, you spend half an hour tying them, that's a long time for the other bunny. Definitely jumping between the two bottoms and alternating is almost a requirement and also trying to go for simpler ties especially yeah. if you're doing floor rope where you're not going to be 20 minutes on one person before you switch again to the other one so single columns are your friends ties that encompass both bodies at the same time are your friend because then you're actively doing rope on both at the same time and so on and in fact, one time um, when we had a bunny who was visiting us, you did my, I can't remember whether it was a chest harness or a hip harness, but you it did my, both. okay, so you did my rope before she arrived, yeah. um, and I wore a dressing gown over that, and then that kind of enabled us to build that connection, and mm-hmm. then um, when she was, was coming, then we had 
You're uh, all ready to go. Time. Yeah, yeah. So that's also a possibility if you Instant have some. Instant bunny, just visiting. add water. <laughs> yeah. Um, it can be useful if you are going to go with a suspension. And of course, you can suspend one of the bunnies or both of the bunnies. And we're going to have examples of that in a bit. Um, to have one of the bunnies being more experienced in suspension because well it makes sense but if there is one rigger you are going to need to suspend one of the bunnies first <laughs> yeah. and then the other bunny second yeah and so the one you suspend first is going to be up for a longer time yeah yeah so someone who can endure suspension for a longer time would be a good idea yeah, and we've done that quite a few times with when we've we, had other people. We have, because you're a little pro bunny now, and well, you can I'm... stay up for durations that exceed one hour, depending <laughs> on the type of suspension. So I will, I will pretty much every time suspend you first. Yeah, well, and also you know me most of yeah all the time. You know me better, and you know my abilities, and so and, and also you know. Bits. Almost squishy bits, but you know that I can communicate to you if there's a problem, mm -hmm. and I think that's another thing that's really important. So if you have two bunnies, from the bunny perspective, you really need to be able to speak up if you've got a problem because your top yes. is going to do their best, and you know you do an amazing job, Fox. But of course, sometimes just it's not physically possible for them to be watching you the whole time. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have bunnies that can say, "Look, you know this is a problem." Can you can you change this or I'm having trouble breathing or whatever it is and that is really an issue. Uh, yes, and in some cases um, the other bottom can help there too. Like if you yeah. communicate to the other bottom that you're having a problem, they can help you get the attention of the top. If depending on the position, it might sound strange to say that, but depending on the position, you can be facing away from the top while he's tying the other person. You can be further away from him that you would be in a usual scene because well mm -hmm. more people take up more space so you could also like tap on the shoulder of the other bottom and draw her attention and she can catch the attention of the top and so on yeah yeah uh, communication I've... important definitely so maya you're a bunny so what is your <laughs> bunny perspective apart from that in a two bunny one top scene um i think they can be super fun i think um the skill and the attentionness of the rigor is really important. I think it's quite important for you as a bottom to know, to be aware that that top can't be with you the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so you can't, I, I, I think, this is my opinion, uh, both as, as a bottom and having played with quite a lot of bottoms now, that, that they tend to have the attention on them the whole time. Like they're used to being in a scene and often depending on how service orientated they are, often the bottom is, you know, used to being a certain way and they're not going to get as much attention in a scene yeah. with two bottoms and they need to be aware of that and not like if they're going to get bored or annoyed or irritated, then that's more of a, an issue. So I think it's a good thing to communicate. And when we talk about our learnings later, I think like stating that in your negotiation and reminding mm -hmm. everyone of that is a very useful thing to do. Setting expectations. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. Okay, that sounds very relevant. Uh, what kind of uh, two bunnies one top have we done recently? We've Maya? done a few. We've done a few. So um, we get one... around, don't we? <laughs> well, we we 
enjoy our rope. So we did one with a play partner um, and myself and you where um, I think it was it her first. No, it was her second suspension. She, she was is, newer to suspension. Yeah, she was sure. newer to suspension. And so we did a very nice scene with her, um, her, her up, her flying. Um, and, and you and I in that scene were, I wouldn't, I don't call it co-topping, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you were topping and I was middling and um, she was the bottom. And so in that scene, we maybe, had already... Maybe we should explain to our dear listeners what you mean by middling, because I'm not sure that's a term everyone is going to understand <laughs> after that. Okay. So I, I'm like, I don't identify as a top at all. I, I just, I've tried it and it's not, not for me, <laughs> but with... Um, with you with fox um as my partner um i enjoy it's really hard for me to talk about um i enjoy but i'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun for the listeners to listen to though they love hearing you embarrassed on the air no we could edit this you know no 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 no. um anyway the best part that's what people pay us money for it's not video so that's good anyway so um we call it middle stressing because um, I'm like in the middle, so I'm I'm topping the the bottom, but I'm still your submissive, which is an interesting thing and a whole other rope, uh, a whole other episode that we can do. But um, in terms of describing most of the scenes that we've done, we're kind of co-topping, except for I'm still your submissive, and so I'm. I see myself in the middle and then I can hold that space for the bottom. But I, mm. I find it very difficult to mentally co-top because it just isn't isn't really me. Mm. Um, but I can support and assist and and I bring a different kind of energy, I think, to the scene, which um, is complementary to your energy and I think has worked quite well for us. Oh, I'm so embarrassed and traumatized. <laughs> Lovely. So in that scene with our partner, what was your role exactly? So there I was um, doing more uh, supporting and coaching and kind of, I guess, reassuring her because I think people don't always understand when they're doing suspensions early on that actually there's going to be some pain, that they need to um, shift their body around to kind of manage where the pressure is, like all the tips that we might give on the show for bottoms, mm-hmm. um, doing some of those in the scene. But then also um, I lay on the floor yeah. And I was actually physically um, giving her my hands. So I had my hands like straight up yeah. uh, in front of me and she had her hands down. And I think even though, I mean, I was actually taking some of her weight, I will say, um, which wasn't super straightforward for me, but I think really helped. You are, you are a rather small bunny and she was a very <laughs> tall, beautiful, athletic woman. So yeah. there was yeah. a lot more of her than there was you. Yeah, she's um she's yeah taller than me for sure. And so um me hold holding her gave her both physical support but also emotional support. So she knew I was there. She knew I was watching because I I I um, was like looking straight up at her. Um and then you could be tying, but she was still connected to someone. And I also I think said a couple of times to you, okay, we might need to shift whatever. Because yeah. you were um, you were much closer to her face than I yeah. was so you could see yeah. her uh, smaller reactions and inform yeah. me of them and that was very helpful yeah yeah so that was a nice um, a nice scene mm-hmm. uh, with one example uh, with another partner we also did um, a double suspension where I suspended the both of you 
separately in the exact same tie <laughs> on the same suspension frame and facing each other. So there was a bit of a mirror effect. Yeah, yeah. And that can yeah. be kind of quite fun. So that was fun. And we um, in that one, we were completely separate in terms of the suspensions themselves, although we had played together. Mm -hmm. um, and in that one, I went up first um, and then she went up. And so that was um, that was an interesting suspension. Yeah, I remember that scene as um, being more playful, but there was a dynamic in the room where even though we weren't touching as much physically, I still felt very connected to the both of you because, uh, well, there was chatting between us and we were yeah. talking through it, the three of us together and like bouncing stuff off each other. And I felt more of a, I guess, an intellectual connection in that one scene. Yeah, yeah, because it was an experiment for her in terms of, and again, that was her second suspension, third mm -hmm. suspension, one of her earlier suspensions. Yeah. Um, and I think it was interesting for her to, so she's a much um, younger, much more athletic bottom, mm -hmm. um, but less experienced. And it was interesting to see how experience can help um, with suspension. And also for her to say, okay, this, because it was quite, challenge i think she found it quite painful mm -hmm. but for her to see oh okay it is possible then kind of inspires her to like go further and do more uh, yeah and, and in fact that's exactly uh, what she did and i think she definitely took inspiration from you in developing her bottom skills and, and doing more rope yeah um, you have to keep an eye in this type of scene if you're doing similar or the same thing to both bottoms of the risk that they are going to compare yeah, great point. And you don't want to create bad feelings. Competition. Yeah, competition or the feeling that, oh, I'm not doing as well as the other bottom, so yeah. I feel bad about myself. So that's a thing to address both in negotiation and also in debrief and aftercare. Yeah, aftercare, for sure. And we have done that quite a few times with uh, me. That being said, if you can handle this challenge well, it's a great learning opportunity for both of the bottoms and for the top as well. Because doing the same thing at the same time, you essentially get a great opportunity to see what the other person's doing and saying, oh, she moved that her leg in that way. And apparently that helped her. Maybe I should try and that may help yeah. me too. And you can basically uh, skill share as you're doing the position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why I think we did a lot of talking in that one. Uh, so then we did another another um, example, which is more of a mirror tie. So a, mm -hmm. a friend that likes rope that we that we played with you suspended her and then didn't suspend me but tied me on the floor in the same position and that was yeah. quite interesting so you had that? you had the easy role in that one because you were yeah, like starfishing on the floor I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then she was doing the mirror position but fully suspended in the air so you, yeah. you were like oh this is easy yeah yeah it was uh, it was kind of fun uh, yeah aesthetically that uh, mirror effect either horizontally so you were lying down and she was flying on top of you or vertically as in the scene we mentioned previously uh looks kind of nice yeah, uh, yeah and we also did another one where it yes, was more because... of a workshoppy thing where we you were doing a run i was tying you in a running man oh yes and yeah. another rigger was tying her bunny in a running man also and you were sort of as if you were running in opposite directions crossing each other on the yeah. path yeah. And that also looked quite nice. Yeah, but well, that was a four 
person soon, so that yeah. could be in a different one. Okay. So let's fi- finish off this um, two two bottoms, one top. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're you, if you're a fox, then yeah. you know why stop at two bunnies when you can have three, right? Indeed, and so tell mean, us about that. More bunnies is always better. <laughs> uh, so it was with another I'm friend. Not sure that's true. To, uh, uh, so. I mean, up to we, a we, point. We can have another episode on that. <laughs> uh, so it was another friend who likes rope, and it was actually my first time tying her up. And as it happens, I had both you and another partner who agreed to assist me in the scene. Yeah. Uh, which was extremely helpful because it was at a very busy, very noisy yeah. play party. Yeah. And it just, A, made our scene bigger, so it created space, like a bubble for our scene, because, yeah. well, there was more of us. So in that very crowded area, it, like, pushed... We were able to claim that space. We yeah. really did. Yeah. We really did, and that pushed the people away a bit further, and that gave us some space. Uh, and also, you both assisted me in handing me the rope and the other accessories, and also touching and stimulating this bunny as I was tying her. So mm-hmm. she had me tying her, and she also had two beautiful women like caressing her skin and touching her and holding her hair and so on. So I think she had a really good experience. She did. She said that it was really nice. And that was floral, you know, more simple mm-hmm. because it was her first time. But it was a really lovely scene. Uh, very think, gentle, connective scene. I, I think she felt very cared for having yes. those three people focusing their attention and holding her and so on. And it was really beautiful. I have really good memories of that scene. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really love making this rope podcast and sharing it with you. Sadly, hosting a podcast isn't free. Far from it, actually. So if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at ropepodcast.com. You'll find ways to buy rope stuff so that we get a cut from your purchases, and also ways to donate to us directly. And if you can't afford to do that, that's okay too. Just enjoy the podcast. Now back to our normal programming. Yeah. Okay, so what about two tops, one bunny? Well, it's not as fun, is it? <laughs> it depends who you are in the scene. Okay, all jokes aside, you're going to need to learn to share your toys a bit. <laughs> and know. we know that some tops, especially the more dummy ones, are not always great at that to start with, but we can I only improve. I think it's an interesting dynamic for sure. And you're going to end up... I, the more negotiation those two tops can do, the better. And yes. I've definitely seen one top... Like, suddenly there's a hierarchy in this scene. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess like us, to be fair. uh, And that can be desirable if that is what you're going for. And having one rigger be more of a mentor and the other rigger be more of a student role. That can work quite well. Uh, If you've got one top that's a lot more experienced or that's a lot more confident, Mm. that, that can be a thing to go for. Uh, if one of the tops is newer with suspension, maybe it's their first time or they have only suspended a handful of times, having someone who's quite experienced at suspension be part of the scene can make them and the bottom potentially feel a lot safer because they have someone who can spot mistakes 
and help in case something goes wrong. And it's a lot easier for someone to already be in the scene and intervene than to have to call in someone that's external to the scene yeah. to step in and help. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's completely completely fair to, to do that and to pre-negotiate it in that way. So, uh, Fox, how would you actually do... How would you plan a scene like that? Because it's quite challenging, I think. I would do even more communication and negotiation and explaining of limits and boundaries and comfort zones that I do normally. Yeah, because you, with bottom, so this is my personal experience of mm -hmm. tops, tops don't often share their limits with a bottom yeah. because they're in charge, um, which I don't think is right. I think should, they should, and you do yeah. most of the time, but, yeah. but rarely does a bottom ask you. But if you're working with another top, that's quite different. And also, Definitely. depending on your gender preferences and depending mm -hmm. on the gender preference of um, the other top, you might need to you know, be very clear about what can happen between all of you. That is very true, because in a perfect world, everyone's bisexual, but uh, sadly... And or pansexual. I'm, or yeah. any kind of sexual. Uh, sadly, I myself am very straight, although I would like to uh, enjoy all the things on the beautiful buffet of life. That is not what I am at the moment. Uh, and thus, having another male in my scene, if that's what we're doing, uh, is going to uh, mess with my mojo a bit. So that's something I yeah. need to be conscious of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that also applies uh, to the two-bottom thing yeah. we talked about prior if you're tying two women to each other and they're not into women that might also or make... even just not into that person there's yeah, also that. people we've played with where some of them i enjoy very much from a sexual perspective and some of them i don't and and the same yeah. with them i'm sure so finding like checking in what the bottoms are okay with yeah definitely yeah yeah for sure checking what everyone's okay with and if it sounds like a lot of work to do all that that's because it is but you still need to do it and the payoff can be beautiful. Uh, definitely, in a number <laughs> of ways. Um, because it feels good, because it looks impressive. Like, if you manage to pull off a multiple people scene like that, uh, it's it's going to look quite kind of amazing, because it's not so common. And, some, and fun. Yeah. So what fun. examples, let's talk through some of our examples so people can understand it more practically in a concrete way. Um, we... Yeah, okay. Um, just before that, I wanted to point out a thing back to negotiation, which is it's okay to have different limits towards the different uh, people in your scene. Yeah. Like yeah. you're a bottom, you find one of the tops more attractive than the other, you will have to manage uh, emotions. emotions, but you can say, Pride. okay, I'm Bob, I'm okay with your penis, but Greg, your lame penis must, must stay in your pants because I don't now, now. near me. <laughs> oh dear. Or yeah. just without the, you know, adjectives. The... So... Yeah, you're better, you're better uh, uh, than me at the communicating. So take a page from Maya rather than from me on how to express things. But it's okay to have different limits with your life partner who you live with than with a friend from uh, Atlanta, which happens yeah. to be visiting that weekend. And 
that also needs to be managed. Uh, so let's talk practicalities and examples. Um, one thing you can do also that we haven't mentioned yet is you can have different riggers working on different parts of the bottom's body, for instance. Okay. So one so easy you've done way. That. <laughs> yeah, I, I've done that. Um, especially when we were playing with a couple we got um, close to, we would do things like I would tie on the upper body of the bottom and he would tie on the lower body at the same time, for example. Yeah. And that can feel really nice for the bottom because we got two yeah, pair of hands of working on them. They got rope going on everywhere on their body. So it's if it's someone who enjoys the sensation of rope sliding, sliding on their skin, for example, Yay. They are getting a lot of that at the same time, and basically they can just go super spacey just from that. Yeah. No matter yeah, what definitely. you're tying, really. And then another example is bringing a top in who's not necessarily a rigger but has a different skill set. And you did an interesting scene like that, didn't you, Fox? Uh, I did. A, I did a couple um, with uh, a friend, uh, another person who's a community leader here in Thailand, who is very skilled at needles. And so what we would do is I would tie my partner up with a rope uh, in a position that afforded good access to whichever body part we agreed the needles would go in. And then she would uh, put her needles in while my partner was uh, tied up with a rope. Yeah, different partner, not 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 Maya, because she's not so keen on needles. Yeah. But this one was... <laughs> Yeah, I've done two ever. You're not um, so much of a pincushion yourself, are you? Not really, not really. But your um, part, that partner was very into them and would Good, do yes, a lot of them. She was, and she, really she was. would get so spacey and giggly and so yeah. on from the combination of rope and uh, and needles. It was amazing. Yeah, really nice. Um, just keep in mind if you have expensive rope. If you really <laughs> like your rope, if you're in an area where rope is hard to come by. Bleeding. Bleeding, wax, all of those are things you might want to think about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I guess also our topping and middle stressing mm. is a, t a form of um, two tops, one bunny. And we've obviously done that a lot. Um, yeah. So what, what are our learnings um, from the various scenes we've done there? Uh, I guess the way we did it is you didn't do the tying because that's not your thing nope. so much, but you did some impacting. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of touching and holding her body and so on. And supporting so, generally supporting. is my thing. Yeah. Uh, and you did help with the untying because the untie mm. is also a very important part of the scene, which is something that some people tend to neglect. It's not all about putting the rope on but the way you take it off is also very important yeah and untying together means you can do it in a mirror fashion as well which mm -hmm. is actually very um, pleasing I think yeah. it's quite nice and the thing that we did like the tip I would say there is we plan a lot our scenes that we're doing yes, together we do because I'm not as confident and what gives me confidence because of my style is feeling very comfortable that we know what we're doing and top tip <laughs> if you're really new like me to topping or to middle stressing um put a blindfold on your bunny oh on yes. Your bottom. yes that's like uh, my personal you know tip and it allows uh, less stressed communication between the two tops because yeah. they don't have to worry about 
the bottom spying on their secret signs and the, yeah. the way they look at each other with googly eyes saying, crap, what do we do now? Yeah, if I'm yeah. having a panic face, then um, our, our bottom doesn't okay. see. Yeah. Now, okay. let's get to the part that is going to be most interesting to Happy Tortoise, that is the top, transitioning into being a bunny during that same scene. Yeah, so we've kind of done that with Mears and Middlestress, so, but it's less common. It's, I'm not a rigor transitioning. I'm a topish, middle-ish person mm-hmm. transitioning. So how would you plan a scene? Say I did one day learn rope, which... Okay. You know, how would... how would is possible. It? Yeah. I mean... And hmm. I guess we do <laughs> make small bunny-sized rope. Anyway, how would you plan a scene um, if I was a rigger and I wanted to start with you as a rigger and then turn into a bottom halfway through? So the way I would do it is I would start like a regular two tops, one bottom scene. And I would have the rigger that is uh, supposed to transition at some point start tying themselves to the bottom. Oh, interesting. And it's another thing that people tend to forget. You can tie someone. You can also tie yourself to the someone. Interesting. Uh, very interesting. Can be quite sexy. And so I would have that other rigger start tying themselves to the bottom. So things that work for that are, for example, doing wraps around both their chest and your chest at once. So you're basically pulling your body into their body more and more as you're adding rope around both chests. And that's something you can do yourself. Uh, if you picture it, like you can wrap rope around your own chest, right? That's pretty easy. And having a second person inside that same rope doesn't make it a lot harder. Mm-hmm. You can also do, depending on the position you're trying to achieve, you can tie your chest to their hips and then you're going to be well, not face-to-face, obviously, but <laughs> more in a jigsaw puzzle kind of configuration. Yeah. yeah. You can tie your legs to their legs, and then that starts immobilizing the both of you together. Uh, and lastly, one I can think of is you can tie one of your arms to their arm or to another part of their body. Why do you think only one arm? <laughs> because you have to use the other one to tie. I guess I guess you do. It's a lot harder to tie once both your arms are tied. And that's where the second top comes in. He comes in to finish the job because he's been tying on another part of the bottom bottom's body all that yeah. time. Yeah. And then once the transitioning top has partially tied themselves to the bunny, then the other top comes to finish the job and tie, let's say, the remaining arm and put in the finishing touches, and that completes the transition. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things I'd say from our experience of me um, switching, I guess, through the scene from... So I'm thinking it's about a scene we did where we did... um, You tied the person and we did some impact on her together, and then we transitioned into a tie where you tied me to her. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the headspace of your switching person is really important. And I think it's something to really think about beforehand because for me, 
it was quite challenging without having so what we didn't do in that scene is plan I didn't know what the world was going to be on me mm-hmm. and from a headspace perspective I found it really hard to switch between them like it, it messed with my headspace a bit even though the tie itself was really beautiful and in fact once I was in the tie interestingly I still kind of topped because it was a um Anyway, it doesn't matter. It I still kind of was um, topping her, even though I was much more bottoming mm. to you because yeah. of the world. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it does. And you raise a great point, which is the transitioning person must have a really well-prepared mindset because doing that switch in the middle of the scene is not going to be easy mentally. Yeah, I really, I really think that. And I... And, that's been one of the things for me to really work on. And that's why we've actually got to middle stressing, in fact, mm-hmm. because I found it really hard to hold my DS with you while topping another person, mm-hmm. except, except for it's the other way around. I find it easier to hold my DS with you, but then topping the other person was really <laughs> difficult. Yeah, okay. So to try and find the space yeah. where you're both topping and bottoming in a scene, which in a lot of these scenes someone is doing, I, I don't think is easy. So it's it's a good thing to um to remember um mm-hmm. uh, from from my experience. Definitely. Uh, and you can also have a bottom flip to a rigger. So yep. you know what we've just said you can do the other way around as well. And you can have that I've certainly heard people having that kind of switchy mm-hmm. fighting. So where both people are a top and a bottom, two switches and they're fighting with the rope, and there's yeah. not any particular... I was listening to another podcast episode the other day, actually, on that, where the two people were saying, sometimes we go into scenes and we don't know who's the top and the bottom, and we have rope, and we see yeah. who wins, which yeah, is definitely. Really uh, You can have sort of wrestling with rope and so on. Just be careful that whenever you add an element of resisting to rope, or takedown, or CNC, you're increasing the risk of injury. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But if that's part of your risk profile, you can have a lot of fun. Yeah. So how can you bind together two bottoms? Let's just um, cover that because we've come up with a few ideas. What other mm-hmm. ideas do you have for binding two bottoms together? So segueing on the thing I was saying earlier on you. Oh, can I say a thing? Of Sorry. course you can. It's your podcast also. Um, I was going to say, just because um, this is very relevant here, we are two people who play with two female bottoms yes. and so our examples here are a male top and two female bottoms so we're aware of that like that's our that's what we do so yeah. for our yeah. podcast listeners um we hope that we will interview people who you know have more experience tying men but that's not what we have so people have to kind of bear that in mind when listening okay um this yeah 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 and you're actually you're actually giving me an idea which i'm going to elaborate on in a second okay um, so segueing from my concept of I like to have the bottoms stimulate each other in the three-person scene, uh, one thing I did several times very successfully, both for the bottoms and for myself, was having the having two women facing each other, face to face, chest to chest, hips to hips, and then putting a magic wand vibrator um, between their two pussies and tying it there and what happens then is as one woman is pushing her pelvis into the vibrator in order to get 
more stimulation. She's actually pushing that same vibrator into the other woman's pussy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their nipples are rubbing against each other and their mouths are well positioned to kiss each other on the mouth, kiss each other's neck and so on. And it creates this very nice to look at um, writhing <laughs> dance. If you've ever seen two snakes have sex, it kind of looks like that. Like two bodies entwined and moving and sort okay, of Okay, you rhythm. just made me feel very different about doing that. I think sna- snakes I find, having I, sex? I find snakes pretty sexy myself. Okay, I, I know it's not so everyone's random. thing. So random. Um, um, yeah, I think that's, that's a good one as well that can work both for two bottoms and for someone who's topping that that might be from me uh reading too much new orleans gothic horror erotica okay okay uh, i mean you see you see what i mean like about the bodies twirling together and so yeah very much like the writhing and i think it can work so having been the top person in Mm -hmm. that that like physically on the top i think you can still interestingly top the other bottom. Yeah, it's kind of like you're fucking her with a vibrator, isn't it? Yeah, and and that was very interesting, like putting a hand on her neck and holding her hair, like pulling her hair, being quite toppy Mm -hmm. whilst being tied to her and being a bottom. So that's an interesting one that I think you can use in quite a lot of ways. And as the top, you can come into that. Uh, I mean, just... Sitting back and watching is already amazing, honestly. But you can also come into that if you have a toy or with your fingers or with your penis, if you were equipped with one of those, uh, and fuck one of the Indeed. people from behind as they are getting this stimulation. And that yep. is also very, Rich very nice. sandwich. A very, very nice sandwich. I think the person being the ham in the sandwich is having a good time. In yeah. that I'm not sure I want to be the bottom, bottom on that one, though. Uh, there is a level of consideration for body types when you do that because obviously if you're the uh, littlest and you have two big people on top of you yeah, so pretty much. you're a bit squished pretty All much. Right. Um, <laughs> you, you can do what I like to call multiplayer predicaments what are they thoughts? well you tie bits of one person to bits of another person so that for the first person to relieve the tension or pressure on their body part they have to add pressure or tension on the other person's body part so what would be something that looks like that uh i give you two quick examples uh you tie one person with one leg up and go up overhead to an anchor point and go back down to the other Uh person's (laughs) leg up and so if one bottom wants to rest her leg by bringing it lower then she's pulling the other person's leg higher. And then you leave them like that, and you watch <laughs> them have a nice conversation. Another thing you can do, uh, tie someone's arm up in the air, with, let's say, a single column around the wrist, and run that rope to up ahead once once more, and then back down to crotch rope on the other person. Oh, yeah, okay. And then that's another interesting uh, negotiation happening between them. <laughs> okay. and, and you will find, in my experience, that most of the time people push themselves a lot harder than when they are in a single person predicament tie because they are 
more resistant to putting pain on someone else when they are particularly if they're two very subby people i know you can have a lot of fun with that <laughs> Such and obviously if you're slightly sadistic like i can be sometimes uh-huh. <laughs> you can be comfortably sitting in a chair and tell that person you know you could bring your arm down a bit you would feel a lot more comfortable it would stop all that pain <laughs> and then they try and the other person screams <laughs> you'd be then be like, it's okay, just do it. Don't pay attention to her. Oh like, dear. You, you can mind fuck people pretty hard with that one. Yeah, for sure. All right. Anything um, else? <laughs> yeah, you can use nipple clamps creatively so that people are pulled into each other with the nipple clamps. Another thing you can do is you can put people in fairly embarrassing positions, um, and forcing them into these positions with a rope and keeping them in those positions with the rope, such as putting their face in someone's genitalia and so on. Mm, okay. Um, you have to be careful on that one to establish very clearly what the consent and the boundaries yeah. are. I had a friend tell me of a scene they witnessed where a woman's face was pulled into another woman's pussy during a two-bottom scene that was not negotiated at all, and she wasn't into women. And she wasn't intimate at all with that person. In mm. fact, I think they just met for the first time that night. And she did not enjoy the experience of hanging yeah. her face. Forced Pushed into, into someone else's pussy. Stranger's pussy when the gender and orientations were not matching and so on. So yeah. if you're going to go that route, please, Consent. Uh, please be careful. Um, and basically, you can also just tie up two people in such a way that they fuck each other. Mm-hmm. And it's true that I exclusively tie women for the time being, but uh, for someone who ties men and women, you could tie them in a position where they're, well, penetrating each other and then use mm-hmm. the rope to, like, maintain them in whichever sexual position you want to put them in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. All right. Okay. So that was, um, that was the idea. sweet, but there's also the sour. It's not sour. I think this is... <laughs> Okay, time for optimistic bunny now. Yeah, so um, we've learned a lot from our scenes, our multiplayer scenes, um, and so we wanted to kind of sum up with some learnings for people. Yeah. So things to look out for, and we've covered a lot of these as we've gone on, as we've as we've talked. But I think it's worth just mentioning them again. So the first one that we probably haven't talked about as much are emotional challenges. Yeah. So one of our learnings is um, obviously. Uh, Fox and I are a couple and we play a lot with people with whom we're not a couple and so we need to make sure that we keep that other person supported and happy and comfortable because the emotional connection between Fox and I is is obviously going to be different between the third person that we play with so that being aware that that emotional connection might not be the same means that debriefing and aftercare and and discussing it up front actually i think Mm -hmm. is useful if there are different limits everyone needs to understand those limits um that makes it really important um we suggest that you so we we do a lot of um negotiation through texting um because it's very clear for people and we often have three person groups in fact we always have three person groups for our discussion so that everybody has seen all of the negotiation i think if you if the top negotiates with the bottom and the third person isn't involved and which we had we did try i think at the beginning um because at the end of the day i am 
your sub. But it didn't work for us because (laughs) mainly because I got really anxious with the impacting people. And I really needed to know and to have visibility that the other bottom wanted to be made to cry. Because for me, especially at the start, it was really challenging. (laughs) (laughs) So we learned that if I have you know seen the person not only consent to it but actively Wanted. be enthusiastic about it yeah that helps me a lot yeah that's true what else uh, maya um time and energy we've talked about so it does take more time it does yeah. take more energy yeah. um that both in planning in the scene itself in aftercare like we've certainly dealt with some aftercare um challenges where um you know we've needed to make sure that everybody's okay afterwards and some stuff has come up mm-hmm. so you need to make sure that you have the time and the energy and the commitment to those three stages and it's not just about the kind of fun middle bit but you need to check on people afterwards so maybe don't plan three scenes like that in the same <laughs> yeah what because we've never done two two people scenes in a day well that's that's a different story okay so the negotiation we've talked about quite a lot and that is really critical so making sure everybody knows everyone's limits because they're more complicated than just having two people and you could be taken by surprise especially as a top who's less used to expressing your limits if the other top starts doing something on you you're Mm. like oh that doesn't usually happen yeah Yeah. because now there's another person with a different role Yeah. yeah Yeah. And talking of different roles, what about the the two riggers? What are we looking out for there? Uh, Well, there is the same problem of comparison because the other person will have different skills. So you might feel inadequate if they're like really good at something and not so good at yourself, for example. But you can turn that around to an advantage and say, oh, you're really good at gravity boots. So you do the gravity boots and I'll be doing the chest harness. Yeah, and I think one of the, because we talked earlier about um, different ways of tying, so I think we need to be a bit careful if two riggers are tying, like a futo on each leg, mm-hmm. because they can end up being completely different futos. Yeah, and so, most likely they will. Yeah, so maybe don't do that. Maybe the top and bottom thing is better. Um, yeah, and then the main thing you want to look out for uh, in a two tops, multiple tops situation is the too many cooks in the kitchen syndrome. Mm. So to avoid that, you need to have a well-coordinated plan and be really clear on who's going to do what and who's responsible for what. And I would go as far as to say, have a plan in case things go wrong. Like if we need to come down in an emergency, who's going to do what? Well, top number one is going to support the weight of the model with his arms and top number two is going to grab the cutting tool and cut the rope. That's one example. That sounds good. Yeah. So that's all from us today at The Rope Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. So iTunes, Stitcher, and so on. And come find us on our Pet Life page, which is Rope Podcast, no space. You can also easily find us at ropepodcast.com. And if, like Happy Tortoise today, you'd like to support The Rope Podcast, you can also find the link there at ropepodcast.com to go to our Patreon page which is honestly the best way to directly give us some money. Uh, As you can see from this episode, we love questions from our listeners. So please drop us a message on FET and we'll try to answer it in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying. Bye.